It is Sunday, May 3rd, 2015. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get it started in here. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip electronics broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet ladies and gentlemen this is u62 the tar now your host a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this mark happen on this week's show updates on avatar and jurassic world my problems with show me and reminiscings about Star Wars Episode 1. It is Episode 8.07, 1999 all over again. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's installment to the Targ. Probably going to be a short one this week because, you know, just going through the movie news of the past week, really don't have that much to talk about. Uh, let's see. James Cameron. He's making his Avatar sequels. For those who don't remember, James Cameron is planning an entire Avatar sequel trilogy, Avatar 2, 3, and 4. Well, in a recent interview, he said he's written so much stuff that it might be an Avatar sequel tetral. Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. And all I can say about that is, really? Was the world really screaming for more Avatar? Yeah, when it came out six years ago, it was this great technological innovation. Uh, it was looked beautiful in IMAX and 3D, and it made tons of money at the box office. But are people really clamoring for more Avatar, you know? I'm not really seeing avatars having taken over the world the way Star Wars did, for example, or even Star Trek. I'm not seeing a massive avatar fandom or avatar conventions or anything like that. So I'm not so sure the world is hungry for more avatar, but good on you, Jimmy. Make those four sequels and we'll see what happens. Another thing that caught my eye is Jurassic World, the fourth Jurassic Park film. That's another movie coming out this summer that I'm mildly excited about. I really love Jurassic Park. It's not quite one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's high up there. I even surprised myself how much I love Jurassic Park. And I'm getting excited about Jurassic World. And uh, the director, Colin Trevorrow, he said earlier this week that Jurassic World is a direct sequel to Jurassic Park. He ignores the Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 altogether. And I think that's pretty cool. In fact, he even said that the Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic World, that is the exact same Tyrannosaurus Rex that we saw in Jurassic Park. They even went to Stan Winston Studios, dug out the 22-year-old animatronic Tyrannosaurus Rex out of mothballs, and they used that exact same animatronic, and they made the computer animated one move like that animatronic, so it'll move a little differently, it'll move a little older, and hopefully that'll be enough of a subconscious cue that we the audience will pick up on that and I think that is awesome wonderful little homage to the original film and you know I just hope it's good you know dinosaurs going on the loose eating people it's very hard to screw that up yet with the lost world Jurassic Park 2 they actually managed to do that you're listening to Mark Campus. go do disgusting things to that boy on U62 
The Targ. So after threatening to do it ever since my free sample expired back in February, I finally canceled my Show Me subscription. No offense to the good folks at Shaw, but I just wasn't watching it. Well, some offense to the good folks at Shaw, because I found watching Show Me needlessly complicated. So, Show Me, for those who don't know, as I frequently say on the air in my day job, when it comes to streaming video services, right now Canada's getting the short end of the stick. You know, in the U.S. they got Amazon Instant, they got Hulu, we don't have any of that in Canada. Yeah, we have Netflix, but as everyone will tell you, our selection here in Canada is nowhere near as extensive as Netflix in the States. So that's why a lot of Canadian companies are scrambling to play catch-up right now. We have Show Me, which is the brainchild of Rogers and Show and the only way you can get them is if you get your internet from Rogers or Shaw. And then uh, Bell, they have Crave TV. The only way you can get Crave TV is if you get your internet from Bell or TELUS. So I won't be trying Crave TV anytime soon, even though Crave TV has one of the big selling points for me. Because despite my love of Star Wars, Star Trek is still my first and strongest fandom, and Crave TV has all of the Star Trek. You know, Show Me only has the original series, Netflix here in Canada only has the next generation, but Crave TV has all the Star Trek. But anyway, I'm talking about Show Me, and as I said, I found Show Me needlessly complicated. So, I get my cable TV and my internet from Shaw, so of course I have a Shaw cable box, and there's a Show Me app on that cable box. But I go and select it, and it has nowhere near all of Show Me's titles. If I want to see all of Show Me's titles, I gotta go to the Show Me app on my iPhone, or I gotta go to the Show Me website, I find something I want to watch, I have to add it to my wish list, and then I go back to my cable box, I look not under the Show Me app, but under my pay-per-view wish list, and there's everything I've selected. It's just a little too complicated, and then, you know, I was going through all of the titles, there's not much on Show Me that I wanted to watch. You know, they had a few old episodes of Mask, and in my entire six months of watching Show Me, I think all I ever watched was maybe half a dozen episodes of Mask, because, you know, Child of the 80s and all that. Although I was tempted to watch Mad Max. Mad Max is another one of those gaps in my cinematic history that I have never seen. You know, if you f read my blog, back in November, I realized I hadn't watched any of the Rocky movies, so I watched all the Rocky movies on Netflix and blogged about them, and the Rocky movies are pretty cool. So when I saw the Mad Max trilogy, Mad Max The Road Warrior and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome all on Show Me, I was thinking, hey, I should watch all the Mad Max movies, you know, get myself ready for Fury Road, which comes out in a couple of weeks. But I just never got around to watching the Mad Max trilogy. So do I keep paying the 10 bucks a month just to keep that open, just so I can watch the Mad Max trilogy? Or do I start saving myself the 10 bucks a month? I'm saving myself the 10 bucks a month. Don't get me wrong, show me if you were maybe just a little more user-friendly, I might have watched you a little more, but for the time being, no. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Well, Monday is May 4th, Star Wars Day. As I've blogged before, I'm not a big fan of Star Wars Day, you know. May the 4th be with you. You know, I'm all for a day for celebrating my fandom, but why did we have to choose a day that was based around such a stupid pun? But this time out, I can't help but get a little excited for this Star Wars day, mainly because of all the Star Wars goodness going on in the world right now. Of course, we had the new trailer a couple of weeks ago for Episode 7. 
I'm wondering what we're going to get for May the 4th for Star Wars Day, though. It would be nice if they uh, posted the uh, teaser footage that they showed at Star Wars Celebrations for the first spin-off film, Star Wars Anthologies Rogue One. Yeah, that panel wasn't live-streamed, so the only footage of the teaser is bootlegs that are going around. For those who don't know, I guess I should bring you up to speed. In addition to the new Star Wars sequel trilogy they're doing, Episode 7, 8, and 9, in between those films, they're also doing a bunch of standalone films, kind of universe-expanding things that flesh out the Star Wars universe. And these spin-offs are being given the banner title Star Wars Anthology. And the first one... Rogue One comes out in 2016, one year after The Force Awakens. Gareth Edwards, who did the latest Godzilla reboot, he is directing it. And they finally officially confirmed it's going to be kind of a prequel to uh, the first Star Wars movie. It's going to be all about how the Rebels stole the plans to the Death Star. And the teaser they showed at uh, the Star Wars celebrations... I saw the bootleg online. It is pretty cool. The camera's looking straight down into a mountain valley, and we see a platoon of soldiers running through this valley. We start hearing the Obi-Wan Kenobi line from A New Hope. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi were the guardians of peace and order in the galaxy. And while he's saying this, the camera pans up towards the horizon. We see a mountain on the horizon, and behind the mountain, we see a moon rising up. But then the moon starts coming into focus, and another great Obi-Wan line, that's no moon, it's the Death Star. And that's when we finish the narration, before the dark times, before the Empire. Star Wars Anthology, Rogue One. So it would be really nice if they posted that online. They said that's not going to be in the movie, that's just 45 seconds of animation that ILM whipped together to get us a sense of what Star Wars Anthology is going to be like. More big news for Star Wars Anthology 2. Josh Trank has quit his Star Wars Anthology project. Uh, Josh Trank, he did the movie Chronicle a few years ago. He did the Fantastic Four reboot that comes out later this summer. He was going to do the second Star Wars Anthology film, and it was announced like just yesterday he decided to quit, wanted to go pursue something original instead. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of rumors going around as to why he might have quit. The number one rumor is that apparently his Fantastic Four reboot absolutely sucks. So that's starting to turn him into persona non grata in Hollywood. Hollywood. But you know, I used to be down on the Fantastic Four reboot too, but looking at the trailers, I am mildly curious. They're taking less of a comic book approach and more of a hard sci-fi approach, which is really interesting. So when it comes out in August, you know I'm going to be going to see it anyway. But good luck in your future pursuits, Josh Trank. And hey, there's an opening now for another Star Wars anthology. My favorite director, Brad Bird. He did The Iron Giant and The Incredibles and Mission Impossible 4 and Tomorrowland coming out in a few weeks. Apparently, Disney has been wooing him to do a Star Wars film, so come on, Brad. Tomorrowland's done. You got an opening in your schedule now. And with all this Star Wars stuff going on, I think an appropriate choice for the song of the show would be good old Duel of the Fates. <laughs>
the fates here on U62 The Targ. Ah, all the Star Wars flashbacks has me going back to the summer of 1999 and all the Episode 1 hysteria. Duel of the Fates had a music video. It was like number one on the Much Music Video Countdown. That's how much hysteria there was for Star Wars Episode 1. And finally, I have in my hands concrete proof of how caught up I was in the hysteria. As I've remarked many times in the past, I was one of those guys who stood in line for hours on end to be the first to get tickets to Star Wars Episode 1. When I did stand in line, a couple weeks after the tickets went on sale for Episode 1, I got a call from my friends down in Camrose. They were like, Mark, you made the front page of the paper. They interviewed you about standing in line for tickets. And I'm like, really? Well, you got to get me a copy. And my friends never did. So every time Star Wars Day rolled around, I would be like, I would sure like to get a copy. So this past week, I finally got a hold of the Camrose Canadian. I'm like, hello, my name is Mark Kappas. In my day job, I'm a radio announcer. I find these things go easier when I present myself as a fellow media professional. Many years ago, I was first in line for Star Wars Episode One. May I finally get a copy of the article if your archives go back that far? So the Camrose Canadian went into their archives. They found the front page article where they interview me. And I finally have a copy in my hand. They scanned a copy and emailed it to me. Perfect for my scrapbook. Oh, I'll never forget standing in line for tickets for Episode 1. As we all know in this day and age, when it comes to the big summer blockbusters, you can buy your tickets in advance now. Star Wars Episode 1 was like the first major Hollywood release where you could do that. The movie came out on May 19th, but tickets went on sale on May 12th. So, of course, May 12th, I was heading down to Camrose to go stand in line for tickets. Why Camrose? Because I had just graduated from Augustana, and me and all my friends, we were like, we're going to see it here in Camrose, because, come on, this has been our town, our home, for the past four years of college. We gotta see it here. So... Morning of May 12th, I was there at the Duggan Cinemas at the Duggan Mall at 9 a.m., and I was already third in line. Now that I have this article from 16 years later, I can tell the guy who beat me, who was ahead of me, first in line, he was there at 7 in the morning, so he already had the two-hour jump on me. But yeah, we were hanging out, we were laughing. My only regret was I forgot to bring my copy of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, which we could have played while we were waiting for tickets to go on sale. But yeah, just scanning the article right here, they say, while another fan with a boombox began playing the Star Wars soundtrack just as ticket sales began. That guy with the boombox, that was my buddy Arlo. Uh, he brought his boombox down. He had just bought the Star Wars Episode One soundtrack, which came out like a couple weeks earlier. So that's what we were listening to nonstop. And it was absolutely pure coincidence that when the uh, ticket clerk said, okay, tickets are now on sale, boom, the Star Wars theme started on his boombox. Pure coincidence. But there I was, third in line, I got my tickets, and I have been waiting 16 years to see what they finally printed about me in the paper. This is what they printed. <clears throat> Augustana student Mark Kappas made the journey from Entwistle to secure some seats. When it opens, I want to see it with all my friends. I just wanted to make sure I got my tickets, he said. And there, front page evidence that I was one of the guys who stood in line for hours on end to see episode one. 
But Mark, but you're probably saying now, Mark, I'm doing the math in my head. You said they were there at 9 a.m. Tickets went on sale at 1. That's just four hours. You said you stood in line for eight hours. Well, standing in line for eight hours, that happened a week later when the movie actually came out. Yeah, we all got tickets to the 7 o'clock show, me and my friends, and so I was there at the Duggan Cinemas at 11 a.m. But since they weren't letting people line up for the 7 o'clock show till like 4 in the afternoon, you know, the first five hours of that was more, you know, hanging out in the mall and eating teen burgers in the food court. Ah, But yeah, episode one, it's just, yeah... A lot of nostalgia right now with uh, the new Star Wars movie on the horizon, but I know no matter how hard I try, I will never be able to match all of the hype and hysteria around Episode 1. I know the movie's not so good, but I remember stuff like standing in a line. I remember stuff like hanging out with my friends. Because we were all finishing college at the same time, there was that whole grad party feeling in the air, you know. This is the end. This is goodbye. It's just, I remember that more than the movie itself. And I think that'll be a good place to wrap this up on, because I'm about all rambled out and I got stuff to do. I'm Mark Cap. This has been the Targ. I will hopefully see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Oh, but I'm not going to